1: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Getting ready for the Kings and the Knicks. Busy day for me and Ryan. Uh, Ryan will have the pregame show over on YouTube. I'll join him at halftime and postgame as uh, the Kings and the Knicks. The Knicks had a nine-game winning streak snapped 48 hours ago in New York against Charlotte. Uh, The question is, will Jalen Brunson play tonight? He's missed the last couple of games, and he is listed as questionable. The Kings are healthy and are good to go. Isn't it amazing what's going on this year in the West? with all of the injuries. I mean, can you believe what happened to Kevin Durant? Seriously, did you watch that last night? The MRI today, he is going to be out a minimum of two weeks with an ankle sprain. Uh, Luka Doncic had an MRI today. It came back clean, although he is really bothered by a thigh injury. But again, the MRI was clean, so that is good news there. Uh, Steven Adams of the Memphis Grizzlies is going to miss the rest of the regular season. Memphis is going to spiral and spiral in a hurry here. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Just look at all the teams in the West this year. There are two teams that really have avoided the injury bug. One is Denver. The other is Sacramento. Guess where they are. They're one and two. All the other teams in the conference have suffered major injuries. Major injuries. It's amazing. I don't recall anything like this in the past. I, I just don't. I was thinking about this earlier today, trying to remember a year where the standings were impacted so much by injuries, not just one team, not just two teams, but just about every team. It's incredible to me. It really is. And you got to get lucky during the course of an 82-game season and when you get that luck, you got to take advantage of it. But you look at Memphis, okay? They're 38 and 26. They got a multitude of problems. Phoenix went a long stretch without Devin Booker, and they could barely win a game. They're playing well right now, but now they lose Durant again for a couple of weeks. Golden State has had injuries up and down the roster. The Clippers are an injury plague team. Minnesota has played much of the year without Carl Anthony Towns. Dallas has had guys in and out of the lineup, they have been a mess. The Lakers, well, they are a mess. New Orleans has been without Zion Williamson for a long time. They were also also without Brandon Ingram for a long stretch. I mean, this is crazy what has gone on this year in the Western Conference. Think about this right now. New Orleans is 10th at 32 and 34, okay? And, you know, you look at, for instance, look at the sixth-place team right now, In the West, 35 and 33. You know, it wasn't that long ago where you needed 47 or 48 wins just to be a top eight team in the West. And now you have the sixth place team at 35 and 33. Brooklyn, meanwhile, is sixth in the East. They were 37 and 28. The Knicks who are in town tonight are 39 up and 28 down, all right? Now, one thing about the Knicks... They are very similar to Sacramento. They are better on the road than they are at home. And I think you could make that case with the Kings. You know, the Knicks this year, they are 20 and 12 on the road and only 19 and 16 at the Garden. Meanwhile, Sacramento at home, 20 and 13. 18 and 13 on the road. The Kings should be much better at home than they are. They've had some horrible losses this year. 20 and 13 at home, 18 and 13 on the road. So we'll see what happens tonight. Question is will Brunson play uh, for the Knicks or not? Still waiting official word uh, out of the uh, New York contingent. All right, what do you want to talk about today? We can go in any direction you want. Hit your hand icon and we'll put you right up. And we'll go from there. All right, let's start off with uh, Eli. Eli, you'll be our leadoff man. Hello, Eli. How are you? Hey,
2: Grant, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Hey, so in light of this Kevin Durant injury, um, what do you think the likelihood now is that the Kings could finish second place?
1: Very good. Very high. I think they could very easily finish second. I still think Phoenix has Sacramento's number. They've already beat the Kings twice this year without Durant. And the reason for that is Devin Booker. Uh, The Phoenix Suns are not a good matchup for Sacramento. DeAndre Ayton uh, can manhandle the Kings front line. And then Chris Paul and Devin Booker, when they're on, they dominate the game. So I still think Phoenix will challenge Sacramento. But I think it's a real likely scenario for the Kings to finish with the number two seed in the West.
2: Yeah. Do you think if they just beat them one out of their two meetings, then that should do it?
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yep, I do. I think if you split with them right now. That should do it because Phoenix, you know, when you look at the Suns right now, they are three back in the loss column. You know, we're running out of games here. You know, Mm -hmm. we're running out of games. There's only 18 games left for Sacramento. So, yeah, I would think if they split with Phoenix, they probably hold on to the number two spot because I don't see Memphis being able to hang on. They got too many issues right now.
2: Yeah, and speaking of that, and just looking at the standings, I I really wish that the the season ended today and the playoffs started because you'd get Minnesota in the first round and then uh, dysfunctional Memphis in the second round. That would be the most ideal
1: situation, in my opinion. Well, assuming you beat uh, Minnesota in the first round, they've been very good against Sacramento this year. They won two of the three games.
2: Yeah, that's true. You're right. So, I mean, there's still a lot of... uh, uh, changes that could happen in the meantime. I mean, you could get the Clippers or the Mavericks. They all pretty much have the same record, but obviously you don't want the Warriors, which we've talked about in the past. Um, but yeah, what well, here's situation. the other deal.
1: Here's the other deal. You, if you play Minnesota, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, in all likelihood, will be back in 100% by the playoffs. So that could change that equation around as well.
2: Yeah, that's true. All the injuries and people coming back. I mean, yeah, you you nailed it. I mean, there's been just a bunch of craziness going on with everybody being injured and everything being unpredictable. I mean, at the beginning of the year, we thought that the Kings might not even make the playoffs. And remember, we were saying, who are the Kings going to be better than? What if if I told you that the answer would be everybody except for Denver? What would you say?
1: (laughs) We would have been in the loony bin that we all would have been put in the loony bin. That's for sure.
2: Grant, let me ask you, of all your years doing basketball, is this one of the most surprising and improbable, um, I guess, rise for a team, the Kings, going from where expectations were to where they are now?
1: Yes, I I don't recall anything quite like it. I I would have to put it at the very top, yes. I mean, I I was thinking about this earlier. I, I can't remember a year quite like this where a team that was maybe a playoff team, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe a 500 team, would move all the way up to second in the conference. I've never quite seen anything like it.
2: Yeah, and, you know, like we were saying, part of that is, of course, due to good luck and, I guess, injury. Yes, of course, no question. But, of course, you can't can't take away that they've played well. So, hopefully, um, you know, they finish the season strong and hopefully there's a serious playoff push
1: made. That's uh, We're all hoping for that, of course. Thank you, Eli. Really appreciate it. All right, take care. All right, you do the same. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, some more calls and we uh, say hello to Jay. Hello Jay, welcome.
3: Hey Grant, great to talk to you. Hey, got got a couple of things for you. Uh we uh, Ryan put together the uh final standings uh for our football picks this year and uh, Awesome. No <laughs> yeah, no surprise on the winner, Connor, of course. Um Yes. <laughs> Mr. Mr. knowledgeable here. Um, so, so Connor won Jeff, and somehow I managed to to come in third. I don't know how that happened, but um, um, congratulations to Connor. And I'll be I'll be reaching out to him, and and uh, he earned himself a, a hundred dollar gift card. We'll we'll get that off to him. So I wanted to wanted to that's congratulate great. That's awesome. Connor. Yeah, that's great. That was a fun, that was that, that that was a that was fun this year. pick you know, picking against the spread um, is uh, is definitely a, a much harder way to go. And, and uh, I, I thought it was fun. So if that's something, then something that uh, you want to do again next year, and if we can well, uh, torture, <laughs> torture Ryan again, to keep track of the stats, that'd be awesome.
1: Well, that's why you very rarely see casinos go out of business or sports books, go out of business or bookies run away because all of those entities make a ton of money on sports gambling because betting against the spread is very difficult and the vast majority of people lose their money. That's why it's called gambling.
3: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, 100%. <laughs> right. But when we're not gambling, it's, it's fun, all right?
1: Yeah, no, it is fun. But I, I, I think there's a lesson here. And the lesson is, you know, do it. We, we're just having fun. But the people that do it trying to get rich, they're not going to get rich. They're going to ruin their lives. And I'm not saying that I'm against gambling. All I'm saying is, do it with wisdom you know only bet what you can you know part ways with unfortunately there are so many people whose lives are completely turned upside down because they get addicted to all of the messaging coming from the various gambling enterprises out there fanduel and DraftKings, and so on and so forth plus offline all i'm saying is and the reason why i'm saying this i've got friends that have been adversely affected by sports gambling and i feel bad for them i really do They don't have anyone to blame but themselves. But once they get lured into it, it's almost like a drug and they can't get out of it. And But, you know, again, it is fun betting against the spread, against the number. We didn't really bet. We were just doing it for fun. But I I just I, I guess what I'm saying, Jay, I've seen so many people's lives turned upside down by this, including our young generation. They get sucked in and they have a real difficult time turning it around. So. You know, again, it's called bet responsibly. I'm glad that we aren't betting. We're just doing it for fun. But for those out there, you know, that don't bet responsibly, I I really feel bad for you because I've seen lives completely turned upside down from this.
3: Exactly. You know, and I think one of the the ways we do it that makes it fun is, is, you know, we're kind of competing against each other. Uh, There's no risk involved. And so we still get the, you know, I write, I write my picks down I follow them during the course of the week. And, you know, I, I, I do some light, very light gambling, you know, you know, five and $10 type sure. stuff. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. and I tell you, I, I enjoy the seeing how I did with the picks that I did for your show equally as much as following the five and $10 things. And uh, I think, I think that, you know, some folks, you know, getting back to your point, you know, sometimes it's the thrill or the chase of doing it, and just doing it no with question. a group like what you set up, you know, fulfills that um, fun component of of being engaged with not only the yeah. team you're following but the entire league. You know, and so it was. It was it's a it was it's a fun way to engage. Well, think about this, Jay. Think,
1: think about the think about the NCAA tournament. How almost every single person will put in even a dollar to be in the pool just so they can follow their bracket for fun. And it makes, you know, keeping up to date and watching the NCAA tournament that much more enjoyable. And what do we always say? You know, the person that knows the least about college basketball normally wins these pools because they look at the bracket and they pick out teams and nicknames that they like, and they end up winning the darn thing. I mean, it's the craziest thing, but think about this, Jay, think about how many people we know. And I say, we, I'm talking about everybody on this show right now That participate in an NCAA bracket pool, even if it's a dollar, $5, $10, $20. I mean, and, and almost everyone does it. And they do it for the reason that you're talking about. It just makes it more fun to watch the tournament.
3: Yeah. hundred percent. Hey, I'm, I'm going to pivot and, and I'm going to steal a little Ryan segment from you uh, for, uh, from Ryan for you. I want to, I'm going to do a little comparison between the the Kings and the Knicks and um because you know, the, these teams on paper, they match up kind of evenly. So I'm, I'm kind of interested on your take when I'll give you the two players I, I, I suspicion are kind of – are most likely going to match up tonight and then we'll do the bench. We'll just do five guys on the bench. So who would you take if you are going to start a team to, to play tonight, uh, Fox or Brunson?
1: Um, I would take Fox. Yeah, I would too. Herder or I, I guess Grimes – well, if I'm getting a good Kevin Herder, Herder, but Grimes has been really, really good. You know, yeah. Kevin Herder has been very inconsistent. You know, based yeah. on the way Grimes has played lately, I would probably take him.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Kind of, I agree. Kind of a kind of a push leaning to Grimes, um, Murray or Barrett.
1: Uh, again, we're talking about a Murray who's up and down, up and down. So, and I'm looking at the way Bar- I'm probably going to take Barrett for this game.
3: Yeah, yep. yep. Uh, um, this, I don't know that Barnes is actually going to be the one matching up with Randall, but I, but I would suspicion so. So, Barnes Randall. and Randall.
1: Randall, I'm taking Randall's the biggest headache that the Kings are going to face tonight.
3: Yep. And then Sabonis Robinson. Sabonis. Yeah. So, and then uh, Kings bench or Knicks bench?
1: That's a great question because both benches have been playing very, very well. But at home with Lyles playing the way he's been playing, I expect Monk to have a big game. Um, Mitchell for his defense. I think that will be key tonight on some possessions. I think they're going to really need his defense because the Knicks defend. I think this is going to be more of a low scoring type of a game. I'm going to take Sacramento's bench in this game.
3: Yeah, it's kind of I, I, it's kind of a push there. You know, it kind of depends on like yes. what Hart and Ford uh, – you know Evan Forner does. Um, yep. You know, it, it, yeah, that. So, so, so I agree. That's kind of a push. So, so, you know, even as we sit here and talk on paper, we kind of slightly lean Knicks, but I think the Kings are well. And you know, and granted, Brunson might be out tonight. So if, if Brunson's out tonight, I think that kind of sways things slightly to the Kings. But sure, it does. This is going to be a tough matchup, you know. And the Knicks, the Knicks toasted us last time we played them. So. Um, and I think it's going to be a good game.
1: Yeah, listen, if Brunson does not play, I think Sacramento will win. If Brunson does play, I think it's going to go right down to the wire. I mean, again, the Knicks traveled all the way from New York yesterday. That it, People go, gee, everyone travels. Yeah, they do, but that's going to be just a little bit of an issue. But the Knicks are really good on the road this year. I talked about their road record. I think Sacramento's going to win tonight. But if Brunson plays, I think it's going to come down to the final two minutes.
3: Yep, yep. All right, well, congratulations, Connor. Thanks, Grant.
1: Hey, Jay, thanks for all your help on that and for uh, the gift card. We greatly appreciate that. Thank you for your support and uh, congratulations to Connor. Thanks, Jay. All
4: right,
1: thanks, take care. Good stuff right there from Jay. Step into the world of power, loyalty No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's move along to uh, Ryan right here. He follows up. Jay, what's up, Ryan? Hey, what's up, Nabes? How you doing? I'm good. Thank you.
5: So, um, you know what's just as hard as picking against the spreads? What's that? Tracking all of the picks against the spreads.
1: <laughs> Listen, I told you I couldn't do it. There's no way <laughs> I would be able to do it. And... I don't know why you volunteered to do it because it's a pain in the ass. Let's just be honest. It's very difficult.
5: It's a little bit hard, but you know what? It was fun for the show. Happy to do it. I'm happy to do it next year. I just need to find a more efficient way to do it. Um, And uh, on that note, I can cross bookie off of lists of occupations for the future because I definitely don't want to do that. Um, There you have
1: it. Maybe I'll figure out if there's an easier way uh, with my website if you don't like that.com where people can just go and do it, you know, on the show. And once they do it on the show, they just go to my website and do it that way. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out a way to make this easy for you. So we'll, we have time. We can think about it.
5: We can figure that out. But um, speaking of that, if you're okay with it, we could do a March madness pool and just set up a league and it's all for fun. We won't put anything on it through ESPN or one of the other websites and that will track all the standings. So nobody has to actually, track them manually. If you're good with that, I can set well, it. I'm life. good with
1: it. I, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm not going to do it. If, if, if the listeners want to do it, go for it. Um, be, be my guest. If you all want to, you know, partake in that I'll, 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 I'll promote it. We'll, we'll talk about it from round to round, talk about who's doing well and who's not. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely open for you doing that. I'm going to sit it out, but if you all want to do it, I'll be happy to promote it and we'll talk about it and uh, follow it all the way through the end. Absolutely.
5: Okay, cool. Very well. Um, So the only reason that I wanted to hop on really quick is there's been all the talk about John Morant and what's going on with him. Um, I wanted to challenge everybody to go out and read the article on the Players' Tribune that Calvin Ridley wrote. Um, It's basically called, or it is called A Letter to the Game. And Calvin, you guys know, receiver in the NFL, he's a star, but he's not at the same level as John Morant, and he beautifully outlines the stressors that some of these guys or most of these guys go through, Um, and he humanizes himself, not as like a you know NFL star, but just as a person, and the pressures, and what comes along with the occupation, and he speaks about the gambling stuff, took full responsibility for it in the article, and I just... I thought it was very, very interesting and a very good, um, you know, breath of fresh air.
1: Yep. Well, and I'm going to read just two paragraphs because I don't want to spoil it because it's a very long thing. And I think this is important. He goes, I effed up. I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. In 2021, I made the worst mistake of my life by gambling on football. I paid the price. Believe me. I've seen all the jokes. I've seen all the hate. And I can shoulder all of that. No problem. All I want is for people to understand that when I made those bets, there was a hell of a lot more going on with me. And i let people read the rest. I agree with you. I did read it. I thought it was outstanding.
5: Yep. Very good. And um, I wanted to just ask you a quick question about this. How much during your time in the league? So I know we've touched on it um, in the past. But, you know, this whole debate over painkillers versus, you know, possibly CBD and marijuana and uh, not to play spoiler, but, you know, pain management comes up in the article. Did you see many times undercover and you don't need to say any names where players were struggling with pain pills because they were legitimately prescribed them to get through the season?
1: Not once. Uh, I never knew what any player was doing for pain management. I never knew about anything that they were taking or not taking. It was never discussed. Uh, When I was out and about with the guys, when we were all the same age and generation, uh, it never, ever came up. Never, that was never talked about. Um, Never once, never once did I ever eavesdrop on a conversation about that stuff. So I'm totally unaware of anything that the players were taking or we're not taking as it related to uh, pain management. It's a good question because I've never been asked that question before but I've never come across that in all my 32 years of covering the NBA. Now I've seen, I'll tell you this, I had a great, I'll never forget this. I was in the uh, Orlando training room when Wayman Tisdale was on the team and Wayman was having a real problem with his Mm -hmm. And Wayman, I said, are you playing tonight? He goes, I really don't know. And he goes, you know, Grant, and this is exactly what he said. You know, Grant, he goes, it really bothers me that people are saying that I'm soft. Sometimes I get up in the morning and I can't even walk across the room. And he said, you know, people think that I'm fine and I have nothing wrong with me. And then as it turned out, like a week later, they were able to diagnose an injury. And I don't know if it was plantar fasciitis. I can't remember at the time. But what was bothering Wayman where the amount of people that thought that he was dogging it and that he was soft, and he goes, Grant, they have no idea the pain that I'm in every day and what I'm trying to do to play every night. And I'll never forget that. And I even remember, again, it was in the Orlando uh, training room. I'll never forget him saying that to me. But as far as what the players took or didn't take or were they doing this or doing that, I was never privy to that, and it was never discussed. It was never discussed.
5: Gotcha. And that's unfortunate that players are put in that position, probably even so more or even more so now with gambling the way it is. I know that's kind of been the sure of this show. Um, but the other thing that I was going to say about the article and correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it a polar opposite between the NFL and the NBA with a lot of sure these is. players like they're running their bodies into the ground and Calvin says it's his choice but he's running his yep. body into the ground beyond that field. And then you have the exact opposite problem in the NBA. I just found that to be a, funny, a joke. funny
1: opposite. Same thing in the national hockey league. You don't see players sitting games out in the national hockey league. It just doesn't happen. It's not a part of the sport and players, you know, they wouldn't even tolerate that. You know, if a coach said, Hey, we're sitting you out tonight, you need to rest. There's just no way. I mean, that just doesn't happen in the national hockey league. It's just, it's a, it's a disease in the NBA right now. It's a disease. It's exactly what it is, and it needs to be eradicated, and the league needs to figure it out. And it's, it's the problem is it's getting worse and worse and worse. Like, how about this? How does Shea Alexander play against Portland, have a great game, okay, have no issues, and then the next night doesn't play against Phoenix? I'm sorry. You know, if you're good enough to play the night before and you didn't have any issues, which he didn't, then why would you not play the next night? I mean, it's asinine. It's stupidity. It really is.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you really can't, like you said at the beginning of the show, you can't make this stuff up in the West with the injuries no. and just the way things have played out. And it, it's crazy with Durant slipping. So anyways, go Kings. I'll hey, real, you quickly, later.
1: real quickly, real yeah. quickly, real quickly. You Since we're talking about gambling, I don't know if you uh, saw Kyrie Irving go off again. Uh, and he mentioned gambling as part of the problem with fans and I, I listen, I'm not a Kyrie Irving fan and I would never want him on my team, but he's he. what he said about the gambling aspect was spot on. He's 100 percent correct. Fans now are so vile and so ruthless against players when they lose their bets, when a guy like Kyrie screws up, then it becomes personal because, gee, you cost me X number of dollars. So Kyrie, again, I, I don't defend Kyrie very often, but he was spot on about the gambling aspect of the criticism that comes his way when things don't go well. There's there's the fan, there's the the hardcore sports fan, which a lot of people are, and then there is the gambling fan, the people that really aren't fans of any team. They're only fans of winning their bet. And when they lose their bet because of a certain player that didn't play well or was 0 for 3 in the final 30 seconds or turned the ball over twice, that person then becomes on their shit list, you know? And so Kyrie is absolutely correct about that aspect of it. And you're right. Gambling has changed a lot of this and the way we look at sports and the way athletes deal with social media criticism. And I talk about social media because it didn't exist 20 years ago. You know, the era that when the Kings were really good, for instance, back in the early 2000s, they didn't have to worry about Twitter. They didn't have to worry about all of that. Now, the social media... Uh, talk, all of the, the, the millions of people that are on it every day and players who can't stay off of social media, okay? Now John Moran has canceled all of his social media accounts. Yeah. But think about this. Think about what athletes deal with if they can't stay off social media from fans who are pissed beyond belief because they lost a bet and they're taking it out on that individual player.
5: Absolutely, Grant. And you can take it a step further. We're talking about professional athletes Think about your student-athletes, Grant. There's just as much money Mm -hmm. wagered on those games as well. You talked about March Madness. You talked about college football. And the majority of those guys aren't going to make it to the NFL. Think about the hate they take if they drop a touchdown pass. They miss a field goal. I mean, um, and those guys aren't hard to find. They can't hire bodyguards to protect them. So it, it, it really has changed sports. I mean, literally gambling and social media together have just, I mean, it's, it's the knockout it's a bad combination. Yeah, it's it, a
1: bad combination. It really it is. is a bad combination. I mean, the social media and gambling is a really serious, I'll call it an epidemic in this country because yeah. I think it's just now I, 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 I'll tell you what I think we are still in the infancy of legalized sports gambling in America. And I know there are mechanisms to prevent young people and by young people I'm talking about, I think under 21 or under 18 from legally gambling, but they still are. And they're also gambling on their own. And now here's the deal. You have Venmo, you have Cash App. So, you know, if you're 15 years old and you're sitting in the class and you send your buddy a text message, hey, I got so-and-so tonight, I got you 10 bucks, I got you 20 bucks, okay? And, you know, that can, that can be very difficult for a young person to pay that bet. Then what happens? They get bullied, right? Or they get beat up or they become fearful because, you know, I mean, there's all of this is going on. It's all, I've seen it. I've seen it with my own kids. I've seen it with their friends. Trust me. I've seen it. I've lived through it. Okay. It's real. And it's a concern. Okay. It is a big time concern. And then you have the social media aspect as you were talking about. So It's it's real, man. It's a and and as I said, I believe it's just uh, this generation now, our our the the younger generation, what's it going to be like 20 years from now? What's it going to be like? What's sports gambling? What's the impact of this going to be 40 years from now, 50 years now, 60 years from now? I mean, are we going to have a country full of compulsive gamblers the same way we look at them as alcoholics, as drug addicts? And I can go on and on because compulsive gambling is a disease. It is a legitimate disease, and we are now having a whole new sector of our population who are being, you know, thrown into, gambling's okay, you watch a game, you watch any sporting event now, Ryan, how many commercials do you see from DraftKings, from FanDuel, from everything else? Absolutely. Maybe you, go, you go online, hey, uh, get rich, make money, do this, do that. Think about the influence and a negative influence of all of that on our and I'm and I'm I'm using younger generations, having an influence on all age groups, but particularly the younger generation and the impact that that's going to have, growing up through their 20s. And I just think this is a, could be a real crisis in this country. I really do.
5: Grant, you're you're right on the money. I mean, to me, no pun this is, Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, you're spot on because 1 800 gambler ain't going to get it done. You know, like that's that's the precursor. And, you know, these leagues are making so much money off of that um, with their relationships with DraftKings. And it's only it's only going to increase. And in fact, I mean, it is going to be an epidemic 20 years from now, Grant. I truly believe they're going to say, look, what did we get in bed with? It's kind of to me, it's like big tobacco, right? And, you know, outlawing them from billboards and magazines, great. That doesn't stop people from smoking. Like, you're still advertising it in other ways. And in many ways, this is worse because, like you said, um, I haven't gone through it with my son, but it can affect a family. And you have the applications now where there are in-game wagers. Like,
1: literally, you write get a
5: notification that says, do you want to bet on this free throw going in or going out?
1: Uh, That's incredible. And, and and I don't want to be hypocritical here because I have done endorsements for gambling sites. OK, so I, I, I want to be very clear here that I'm not saying don't do it. And I'm, the, I'm I'm being an old stooge here because I have promoted it on my show. But I always talk about, hey, be smart, be responsible. And if you can't be responsible, don't do it. I'm very open about that. So, you know, I want to I, don't, I want to be transparent here. I want people to understand, hey, I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. All I'm saying is, you know, we can't ignore what's going on with our athletes. And again, I'm very anti-Kyrie Irving. He's one of my least favorite players in sport. But what he said last night was absolutely spot on, that the ridicule that our athletes take now from the gamblers is a whole new area that didn't exist 10, 20, 30 years ago because of social media. So it, it, it is an issue. And players, to me, like if I were a professional athlete, Ryan, and I seriously mean this, I don't think I would be on social media. I just don't think I could handle it.
5: Well, you'd be giving up a lot of money then, number one. I mean, that that's the choice that they have to make, really. Um, or you need to be extremely disciplined and have layers yep. below you. But um, you're really quick, and I know we got to go getting back to what you were saying about the gambling and being a hypocrite, you're, you're talking about two different things. You're, if you are an adult and you choose to wager, I actually think it's safer for adults to be wagering on DraftKings and all the legal sites, because that means you have the money in your bank, whether or not you should be spending it. That's another story. You're not going to have a bookie coming after you, but with the younger kids, like you're saying, they're doing it behind the scenes with Venmo. I mean, Twitter spaces all the time. Hey, do you want to put 20 on this? Do you want to put 10 on this? And that's exactly yep. what they do. So, yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So, good conversation, buddy. I'll see you tonight.
1: Thank you. Yep. Look forward to it. Okay. Good stuff. Let's move along. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
4: It's my little escape.
1: Now, Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon.
3: Whoa. Take
1: it easy, Judy.
0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Let's get to uh, Gordon. Gordon, thank you very much for uh, calling the show. How are you today? Gordon, you there? All right, Gordon, I'll tell you what. I'm going to put you back in the audience. I would love for you to do this again once you just get a little bit familiar with uh, how to do it, but you know, we'll get you right back on. All right, we'll try it one more time. All right, Gordon, are you there? Hi Grant. Hello Gordon. Hi Gordon. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for the time, Grant. Hey, Thank you. Uh,
6: just uh, wanted to let you know about the football pick'em stuff that that I do with my friends, and it's uh, like super easy. It keeps track of it for you is through uh, Yahoo. Yahoo does pick'em, and okay, you can pick straight up. You can pick uh, against the spread. You could throw confidence points in there to make it a little bit more challenging. Uh, the only thing is that you have to pick for the entire week, so that's why we always just do straight up. Cause it's easier and it takes less time, less, less research, but uh, it throws in like tiebreakers in there, uh, gives you a weekly winner and uh, at at no cost, it just, you know, runs it for you. So uh, that's an option to do uh, if you guys are looking for an option for that. Just wanted to bring that
1: up since uh, you guys were talking about Pick'Em and
6: I love doing Pick'Ems. Pick'Ems are fun.
1: Thank you, Gordon. I appreciate the information. Appreciate it. You take care. No problem.
6: Have a good day, Grant.
1: You too, Gordon. Bye-bye. All right, let's get to uh, Connor, the winner. Hello, Connor. Congratulations. You'll be getting a $100 gift card. How are you, buddy?
4: I'm doing good, Grant, but now I'm doing a lot better than I got $100 richer.
1: (laughs) A gift card, (laughs) which, uh, you know what, we we, uh, thank you for, you know, doing that every week and everyone else, but uh, everything good? What's going on? What do you want to talk about today?
4: Yeah, I just wanted to start by thanking Ryan for keeping track and Jay, obviously, for the generosity and stuff. I mean, it was a lot of fun. And then I wanted to kind of continue that conversation about the sports gambling and stuff. I mean, I saw a couple of days ago, I believe it was Terry Rozier got into a little debate on Twitter or something with a fan who was really heckling him because he must have lost a bet due to him and stuff. And Terry Rozier responded very vulgar comments and stuff. I mean, it just takes you into kind of the eyes of the athletes and how often they get – they must get these messages and threats from fans who are losing money.
1: That's why I said if I was a professional athlete, I don't think I could be on social media. I don't think I could deal with that. I, I really don't. I, don't. I don't think I could deal with that. Um, you, As Ryan was saying, you have to be very disciplined to be a professional athlete – And not get into it with idiots on social media. And that's what I'm calling them idiots. So I I don't I really don't know if I could deal with that. And I'm scared. If I were a professional athlete, I don't think I I don't think I'd be on social media, but whatever. I, I I'm not a professional athlete, so it's I can't say with certainty, but I don't think I would be able to do that.
4: Yeah, the next thing I wanted to talk about, I kinda wanted to go a little bit deeper into all these injuries in the Western Conference. I mean It's pretty crazy. Durant, I mean, just warming up, slipping on the court and he's out two weeks. I mean, this guy has been hurt more than I think I saw more than any other big time superstar in the last couple of years. It's crazy that he just can't seem to stay on the floor very long.
1: And at least two weeks, he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. It could be four weeks, a minimum of two weeks.
4: And I think the Mavericks avoided something a lot more major with Luka Doncic, so at least that's a good sign for them. But then I think the worst news of all has to be for the Grizzlies. Losing Steven Adams, who is kind of a centerpiece and a staple of that team. We were all talking about how the Grizzlies would get him back, and that would maybe help them from falling too far. But now, I mean, he's out for the rest of the regular season. The Grizzlies are done, in my opinion.
1: I would agree. And I want to get back to Dallas. How can I take them seriously – they don't look like they can win. They they don't look like they can win. Luca and Kyrie Irving, and it's not working. It's just plain and simple. It's not working.
4: Yeah, it's awful. I mean, that's a duo that, obviously, Luca likes to talk a lot of trash, and Kyrie likes to talk a lot and say a lot of controversial things, and then when both of them can't stay on the floor, I mean, it's a nightmare, basically, for Mark Cuban, who, I mean, I don't think that was the best of moves from Cuban. He's going to be Under a lot of scrutiny, if this doesn't work out in the next few years.
1: Well, think about this. If you go back to Kyrie Irving's first game, okay, uh, they beat the Clippers, then they beat Sacramento, then Luka came back the next night and they lost. So now I'm going to read you all the games that Dallas has played since then. All right, so they lost to Sacramento, then they lost to Minnesota, then they lost to Denver, they beat the hapless Spurs, then they lost to the Lakers, they lost to Indiana they beat Philadelphia, they lost to Phoenix, they beat Utah, and then last night they lost to New Orleans. So why, why would I think that Dallas is going to be relevant? Now, here's the break that they do get. And again, this is what I hate about the NBA scheduling. Dallas has three games coming up with Memphis in nine days. What, why are you playing a team three times in nine days? They play them on Sunday, excuse me, Saturday, Monday, and then again on Monday, the following Monday. How asinine is that? It's just stupid. It's, it's just stupid. Now, here's a road trip. How about this road trip for you for Dallas? It opens up at Charlotte, but then they go to Indiana, at Philadelphia, at Miami, at Atlanta, and then they're home three nights later to play Sacramento. That's a that's a brutal stretch right there for Dallas. I'd, I... I'd, don't have any confidence in Dallas. I mean, why would I think that all of a sudden they're just going to start winning games?
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't have any trust in them either. The other injury I wanted to talk about was Lonzo Ball. This looks really concerning. He might need a third mm-hmm. surgery on his knee. I think we're starting to get into a territory where this could start to affect like his entire career because, I mean, the knees, if you have to get three surgeries, to correct all these problems, it can't be good for his longevity.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. All right, now I want to ask you a question. What did you think of Fred Van VanVleet's comments after the Raptors' loss?
4: Well, that's funny you asked. I was just going to bring that up next. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was – I think it needed to be said. I mean, obviously the way that it was said and the way he handled himself, I didn't really like. It was a little – I don't know. It just didn't seem very professional, but I think it needed to be said. And I mean, he'll take the fine. I'm sure. I don't know if he's been fined yet, but I guarantee he will be. I mean, Mike Brown gets fined for comments. So, I mean, that's a, basically a threat towards, especially one ref in particular, but I mean, I think it might start to actually make, maybe it makes some change. If a player of his level comes out and says something like that, threatening.
1: Okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, you may not be aware of this, so, for for anyone out there that thinks that an official cannot have a personal bias against a the player, there is proof of that happening. Jake O'Donnell was regarded as the best official in the NBA. He was the best. If you ask anyone during that era who was the best official, most people would say Jake O'Donnell. The NBA and the players were able to prove that Jake O'Donnell had bias against Clyde Drexler. Now, think about this. One of the game's best players, Clyde Drexler. And Jake O'Donnell never officiated another game after that. This had been going on, and Clyde Drexler was able to prove that Jake O'Donnell officiated games with bias against him. And the best official in the NBA – never worked a game before. Now, the reason why I mentioned this is officials are not robots. They're human beings. So what does that mean? It means that they have emotions. Okay, They're supposed to be unbiased, but they're, but they're people. And, and the reason why I bring this up, let's just say you're a home plate umpire. okay, And let's say there's a pitcher out there who's just a pain in the ass all the time. Or Let's say that there's a hitter that comes up and he just bitches and bitches and bitches. And as an umpire, you're supposed to be unbiased, but you're a human being. So you have an individual coming up to the plate. You go, here comes this ass again. Boy, just he's just and he starts bitching again He starts complaining. OK, all right. So a borderline pitch in baseball that can either be a ball or a strike. And Ryan, I mean, uh, Connor, you're, you're, you watch baseball all the time. There are a lot of pitches like that. A pitch that could be a ball, a pitch that could be a strike. If you're a home plate umpire, even subconsciously, you're a pitch that's a borderline, you're going to call it a strike on a guy you don't like, correct? But can you prove that there's bias? Again, it's a borderline pitch. Same thing with a pitcher. Pitchers, you know, constantly bickering and bitching at you and you've had to eject them at, in, in, in games past, borderline pitch. You're not going to give them the borderline pitch. You're going to call it a ball. Why? Because umpires and referees are human and they have emotion. So, I do believe that goes on. I 100% believe that happens. Yes, I do.
4: So, do you think that Van Vleet is now putting a target on his back that these refs are now going to since they don't like him after his comments yep. are going to start not giving him the yep. whistle and stuff?
1: They will not give him the borderline calls now. And that's the biggest issue when you're an athlete and you make these type of comments, the official that he was referring to may not he may he may actually end up giving him the benefit of the doubt because he wasn't doesn't want to ruin his career. But all the other officials, all the other officials will have this official's back and on borderline calls, they'll go against Van Vliet. You watch, it's gonna happen.
4: Yeah, so question I have, are you on the side of supporting Van Vliet's comments or are you neutral or are you for the referees?
1: No, I'm not I'm not I'm not in favor of uh, I thought he went overboard. I believe that if you feel that a referee has personal bias against you, I believe you take that up with the league and you do it with your union and you do it behind closed doors. I don't have a problem with him criticizing the officials. That happens from time to time, and I get that. But I thought he went overboard by singling out an individual, particularly after a loss, and Van Vliet even said, he goes, hey, you know what? We didn't lose because of the officials tonight. We lost because, you know, we got beat. And I think that's good. But I think when you mention an official's name and then you bring up this happens all the time and bias, I don't think that's good for the league. I don't think it's good for Van Vliet. And here's the other issue. You better, you better be able to prove that because I can guarantee you right now, guarantee you, that the NBA and the NBA officials – are looking at every game that Van Vliet has played, that this official has officiated, and they're looking at every call to see whether Van Vliet is justified in making those comments.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's very, very interesting scenario. And then the last thing I wanted to bring up today, kind of switch the topic to college basketball. UConn won their quarterfinal game in the Big East tournament So tomorrow they're going to have a great game against Marquette and Shaka Smart, one of the best, most respected coaches in the nation. So that should be a hell of a matchup tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that should be a hell of a matchup. That's going to be a good one. That will be fun. And then, you know, we get to uh, selection Sunday and we get going with the tournament and here we are, man. It's going to be fun.
4: Yeah. The final four will be here before we know it.
1: Good hearing from you and congratulations again on winning that. Appreciate it.
4: Thanks a lot. Bye.
1: All right, if you want to get in on the program today, hit your hand icon uh, and we will do it. Kings, Knicks tonight on TNT and be interesting to see what the, the guys at halftime and after the game have to say as well with uh, Charles Barkley, with Kenny, with Shaq, with Ernie. It's always fun, I think. I, I, I love watching those guys, I really do. It's always fun. So, Kings are on the big stage tonight. Uh, The question is, are they going to open up eyes like they did the last time they were on national TV and destroyed uh, the Brooklyn Nets? All right. So when is John Moran going to join the team? Here's a comment from the coach, Taylor Jenkins, about an hour ago. I can't share details. There's definitely steps that are going to need to be met personally and professionally as he deals with some stuff personally to get better. Then obviously the expectations on the team. He's going to have some things that he's going to have to clear to know what the expectations are when he does return. Again, he's out at least the next four games. I know everyone wants to know what's this going to be. It's the hot topic for sure, but he's taking time. His responsibility to get better personally, that's a big factor in this. And also, his responsibility to the team is something we're addressing with him. He's fully on board and has been communicative with our group. There we go. That came out before the game tonight in Memphis with the Warriors and the Grizzlies. So stay tuned for that. I don't even know if uh, uh, John Morant playing at a high level – is going to be able enough to save the Memphis Grizzlies season. I really don't. That's a mess right there. But, you know, one final thing about officials. I'm friends with officials in all four sports. And so I've talked with hockey referees, football officials. I've talked with umpires and MLB and NBA refs, who some are currently still NBA refs that I have friendships with. And I'm going to reiterate this because it is true. There is nothing that an official hates more than making a call that is incorrect, that affects the outcome of the game. It eats at them. They don't just go into the locker room and say, oh, game's over and get dressed and go on to the next city. No. No gnaws at them they can't eat they can't sleep and it is a real true aspect of being a sports official for those of you that think an official makes a bad call that affects the outcome of a game and it doesn't bother them you're not dealing in reality it bothers all of them and it is something that they dread. The last thing an official wants is to be mentioned at the end of a game. They don't want their name mentioned. They want to they be incognito. All right. They don't want to be talked about. If that's the case, they know that they did a good job officiating that game. But there is the aspect of being a human. And as a human, they like people and they don't like people, okay? And if you're getting yelled at all the time, if you're being dealt with with a lack of respect, and that's the word, respect, sports officials do not take kindly to athletes who are disrespectful. They're okay with athletes disagreeing with them. They're not okay with the disrespect. They're not okay with the DeMarcus Cousins of the world. Trust me, I've had numerous conversations with the NBA refs, okay? They do not take kindly to be disrespected. You want to talk to me? Talk to me as a man. Talk to me with respect. When you talk to me disrespectfully, then we have a problem. And that's something that DeMarcus still, well, he doesn't play anymore, had a problem with even up to last year. You cannot disrespect the officials. You really shouldn't disrespect anybody, okay? Shouldn't disrespect your coach. You shouldn't disrespect members of the media. You shouldn't disrespect fans. You should, I mean, it's called life. You shouldn't disrespect people. When you do, okay, you're never going to get the borderline calls. And you don't deserve to get the borderline calls. And so for DeMarcus and all of the technicals that he got, he owned them. Why? Because he was disrespectful, disrespectful to the officials all the time. Not some of the time, all the time. Athletes that approach sports officials with disrespect, hey, you, you sleep in the bed that you make. There you go. Very simple. There's a way to talk to officials. Learn how to deal with that. Learn how to talk to officials with respect and officials will have no problem with you. It's pretty simple. It's called life. All right, let's move along to uh, Dorian. Hello, Dorian, how are you? Hey
6: Grant, thanks so much for having me on the show. Hope everyone's doing really well. Hope the Kings get a get a nice W tonight against the Knicks. I wanted to ask you, Grant. Do you know? Do you have a knowledge, or can you educate us on how referees in the NBA, specifically in the NBA, how they get games? Do, do they do they get a schedule like before the season on what games they're assigned to, or how does that work?
1: I don't know if they get a schedule, an entire schedule. Umpires do. Major league umpires get a schedule for the entire year. They know exactly where they're going. Every day of the year, they know when they're off. They know when they're in replay. They ha- they have it all the whole year. I don't know if that's the way it works in the NBA. I don't know if it's done month to month. I don't know if they get a schedule for the whole year. I don't know the answer to that. I've never asked an NBA referee that. I don't know the answer to that.
6: Yeah, for sure. Because I actually just recently, it's funny that you were talking about this. I just recently saw a social media post on Facebook on Basketball Forever that said, you know what, don't quote me on this. I don't know if it was Tony Brothers or another male NBA official, but I guess his record, uh when he referees Boston Celtics games is like, like dramatically every time he referees a Boston Celtics game, their the Celtics are basically winning most of the time. So I just recently huh. saw it on social media. So I thought it was really interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are, there are analytics on everything. I mean, we know and, and gambling factors into that too. You know, again, the uh, NBA puts out their referee assignments every morning at nine o'clock and gamblers look at that and yeah. they have the record of, Gee, when they referee against this team, and again, even though they're one of three refs, all of those numbers are out there. They know what, what the team does when this guy or gal officiates. It's unbelievable. There are numbers for everything.
6: Yeah, it really is. And, Grant, I was actually uh, um, I was on my way to coach one of my members today, and I was listening to uh, yeah. uh, ESPN 1320 d and KC, which I, I don't really listen to radio, but they were talking about referees today too, and they were mentioning about how – if they were having the conversation about, do you think, and I'm asking you this, do you think that with the officiating this year, do you think that it's time for whenever official gets disciplined, that it should be made public?
1: First of all, I'm not going to comment on anything that the, the, that show says. I think sure. that's, that it's an embarrassment to sports media. Um, no, I don't think it should be made public. No, I don't.
6: Yeah, totally. Just wanted to get your insight. And, you know, Grant, uh, I, I want to put myself out there. I know this event is being recorded. I don't want to get shadow banned or anything. But, you know, when I was at Sacramento State, I met a really, really interesting person who I now subscribe to his uh, uh, to to his to his service for. And he's uh, he's uh, he lives in Las Vegas. He man, this guy is just money. He's awesome. He's been doing this for about eight years. He's a professional gambler. So basically, what he does, you know, just the, the topic of gambling. So basically, what I do is I subscribe to his monthly to, his, to I pay a a, a monthly a fee, and then every right. day, and every day I get picks. So my bankroll started with three hundred dollars, and right now it's at four seventy five. And as a service, he tells us, "Hey, do not do not bet more than one percent of your bankroll." So and the service that I've been in, in the last two months, I've made one hundred seventy dollars. And for me, I don't know if I'm part of the problem or, or if I'm part of the solution, but we don't emotionally bet. So I don't even watch sports besides Sacramento Kings. He tells me what the bets are based on his analytics, based on his metrics. He's been doing this for a long time. He's shown me his bankroll. His bankroll is just crazy fat. I mean, this guy's a multimillionaire
1: and he just leaves Let me ask just, you this. Me, I want to interrupt you. If you don't mind $60. me asking, what do you pay for the monthly speed? $60. How much? $60. All right. So you pay $60 a month? Yes. Okay, but so your net, your 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 net is in the red, because you're paying him every month. Yes. But you, you right? So, am I right or am I wrong here? You're so you're right, actually.
6: So in the short term, it, it's in the short term I'm technically losing money because I'm not making more than my monthly subscription is. But as my bankroll increases, because and now I'm allowed to bet more on each game. So now my bankroll is is increasing and because he's been doing this for a long time, he's shown me his Excel sheet and obviously I went to Sacramento State with him. I've seen year over year his progress and his results and his analytics and he and his team invest so much money every month in metrics and softwares and all these different things. Like today, like today we bet on six games. I'm four for six on six games. And obviously, you know, I bet no more than 1% of my bankroll. So I started with $300. Now it's at $450. So I'm betting, you know, $450 a game, right? And again, okay. the, goal, the goal here is for a profit. So me, as someone, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, I'm not even watching these games. I have no emotional attachment to players. I don't really care if I lose because I'm looking for a profit at the end of the year, not day by day. Does that okay. make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes sense. Are you, are you uh, playing the game tonight with the Kings and the Knicks? I don't
6: bet against the Kings, or I, I, made, I made a rule for myself when I started this. I don't bet for or against the
1: Kings. Oh, okay. Very smart.
6: Yeah. Good but, job. Thanks, Dorian.
1: Yeah, good stuff.
6: Yeah, but everything else is free game. So I've seen a profit, and like I said, I just, I just wanted to good. throw stuff out there because I'm not an emotional better. I'm not the type of person that would get mad at Kyrie Irving for missing a basket. At the end of the day, it's, it's a business, and you know what? It's, it's, it's working for me, so um, I just want good to get you. out there. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Thank you, Appreciate it.
1: Hey, don't forget that coming up uh, pregame, Ryan will have the pregame show on YouTube, and then I will join Ryan, or he'll join me, I guess is the right way to say it, <laughs> uh, on halftime and postgame. Ryan, you're laughing right now, aren't you? So uh, anyway, uh, if you don't like that with Grant Napier Pierce, the YouTube channel, also on Periscope, we will be on. Looking forward to it, pregame, halftime, and postgame. Have yourself a Fabulous evening, everybody. Thank you very much. So long now.